0: what's up meeples november was the month dominated by tcg releases so we break it all down on the podcast today we talk about the pokemon magic the gathering and digimon releases that have occurred along with paul bringing the weekly news and kickstarter campaigns this is the podcast with a gaming community What's up guys, my name is Jason and my name's Ian and we are two game club organisers shooting the breeze about tabletop gaming. So pop the kettle on, grab a brew and let's get on with today's episode. Yes indeedy and today's episode is number three of our batch recording that we're doing and I am pretty burnt out. My voice is starting to fail me quite badly. But this one is an important one, because as we touched on in the episode last week when Jordan was here, we were saying about TCGs are dominating the month of November.
1: And now, because we like trapping people and forcing them to work for us, we've decided to do it with another person, and we have Jordan back with us again. Hello, Jordan. (laughs) Hi, how are you guys? We're pretty good, thank you very much. Thank you
0: very much for coming back. No problem, my pleasure. I know you didn't have much of a choice, because you took up uh, Paul's vacant dungeon while he's still in the shed. (laughs) (laughs)
1: we now nicknamed it the tcg dungeon
0: (laughs) so yeah as we said guys this episode is going to be all about tcgs and the releases that are due this month or by the time you hear this they might already be out but we're going to cover that as we go through it there's three big releases that we're going to be talking about one is going to be the new pokemon set Then we're going to be talking about Magic. And then we're finally going to be talking about the Digimon set.
1: Yeah. So we've decided to do those in order of release. Pokemon is the first one to hit the release on November 13th. Uh, Magic follows shortly afterwards on November 20th, hoping we've got all these dates right. And the pre-sale for Digimon, which I'll cover later, is um, on the very last uh, weekend of November.
0: Okay, guys, so we're going to start off with the Pokemon set. And all I know about this is that it is available from November the 13th and it's called
1: Vivid Voltage. So what else do we know about this set, Ian? So it has 203 cards in total, including all of the secret rares. Um, it is based off of the Dynamax Pikachu as the focal Pokemon. And obviously with the name Vivid Voltage, um, it has it focuses um, a little bit on the electric types. It's another two Japanese sets, if I'm right. It is, yes. And some promo cards. All of the Pokemon sets in recent months have either been like two to three Japanese sets bundled together. I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, It's a good way for us to get nice big sets every three months. That is changing for the first time ever as well shortly. We don't have an official bulk set revealed for February this year. Well, next year now, which is the first time ever, I think, in recent years, we won't have a February official main set but there is, there is another um, 25th anniversary set due instead. So that's a conversation for another day when we have more information than that little snippet. But back to Vivid Voltage, it has um, just had the pre-releases at the time of recording, which come with a build and battle kit. And then you get the boosters. There are two theme decks based off of Leon and his Charizard and Nessa and her Dreadnought. It has four special energy cards in the set. Several trainers including a lot of said mentioned um, gym leaders again. Which the last few sets have been doing. And lots of interesting Pokemon V and Pokemon V Max. And the addition as we mentioned in the previous podcast of the new mechanic of amazing rares. Which are the most beautiful cards we've had for a while. Very interesting playstyle. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how those take off.
0: Okay, so at this point, there's been a fair few spoilers from this set, from my understanding, and I really wanted to talk to Jordan about this because from the the spoilers that you have personally seen, um, what do you see that's different about this set that w- might want the players to actually invest in it, and is there anything there that could potentially change the... The you know the average meta
2: yeah so um with the set there's actually come out quite a few new decks or additions to new decks uh for example the pikachu v-max which is the probably the most popular card in the set uh it's a very strong card um does a lot of damage for a lot of punch um and, and it has a
1: chubby pikachu <laughs> <Yeah>. on
2: it <laughs> and it's extremely chubby <laughs> But there's other good cards, like the Amazing Rares, um, and Raikou is just one of the good cards. Um, The fact that it can deal damage to the active and the bench, and take multiple cards at once, um, it's a really impressive card. However, the energy cost, uh, the cost to play them, is very complex. And that's just something you've got to work with if you want to play the powerful cards.
1: There's also some really fun cards in this set as well. I am Mr. Budget Man. I don't have the money to fork out for... Uh, lots and lots of expensive chase cards on pokemon these days however these this set has brought me two decks that really piqued my interest and these actually came out from me and my friends doing the pre-release so with these build and battle kits i think i've mentioned them before you get a themed booster and four booster packs to build a deck with The themed boosters um consist of one promotional card half a kit that follows that promo card and then another half a kit that represents one of the other three that you didn't pull. This set gave you a Snorlax promo card, um, a Lugia promo card, a Donphan promo card, and another Charizard another promo card. Charizard. <laughs> the Charizards at the moment are going nuts on eBay. I made a small fortune out of keeping one of those sealed and putting it straight on eBay. It paid for all of my pre-release kit, all four kits that I managed to get my hands on in one go. But it's actually quite a good playable card. There is a Charizard deck in this set. It's based around the um, Champion Leon... And the Charizard for 2 energy does 100 plus 50 more for each Leon card in your discard pile. So if you can get all 4 bind in the in the discard pile, it can hit for 300 for 2 energy, which is a bit nuts.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty powerful deck. It can rack up damage very fast if you're not careful, so you've got to watch out for that one.
1: And the Leons themselves add 30 damage when you're playing. it. And when you play a supporter, it does go straight to the discard pile. So in theory, on the last Leon you play, you can hit for 330 damage on one turn, which hits almost... Um, a lot of cards, uh, some of the VMAXs will even go down with that, which is quite quite huge at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the other deck that came out of the pre-release kit is if you got the Lugia part of a kit, you actually got two of my favourite Pokemon from the latest generation is the Gormless Bird, Cramorant. Um, he has the attack for two colourless energy, uh, uh, discard as many Aracuda Pokemon off of your bench as you like, and for each one you discard, he does 60 damage. This kit gave you two Cramorant and four of the Aracudas. It's going to be a silly deck that I'm going to play around with for League. um, But it absolutely dominated our pre-release kits. Both me and my friend pulled a fifth um, Aracuda. Now, normally in a normal game of Pokemon, you can only have four copies of any card. When you're playing sealed events or draft events, you are allowed as many copies as you can get your hands on. So we each were playing with five, and it was absolutely hilarious having a full bench <laughs> and just totaling the lot. And you get a support. The supporter Nessa lets you get up to four combination of, of water Pokemon and water energy back. So you bin four, and then you get them all back again, and do it again the following <laughs> turn. So
2: it's just literally a constant cycle for that deck, just constantly ramp out energy. Um, and as Ian said, it looks like quite a potential actually for a fun deck, and maybe even competitive.
1: Yeah, I like to, as I said, I tend to look more closely at the cheaper decks at the moment because when you look at things like Pikachu VMAX, in, inherently to play that you're going to need two or three of the VMAX and three to four of the regular Pikachu Vs. When there's, you know, when, when an average cost of just a generic VMAX and a V Pokemon is sort of like, let's say, between six and eight pounds per VMAX and about two to three pounds per V. It soon starts racking up just to get a play set of Pokemon that within three months there might be something else that comes along that is far better. And if they do become playable, the prices ramp with it. So, yeah. mm-hmm.
2: going on to the
1: collecting side
2: as well, there's actually a lot more collecting cards in this set rather than playable cards. Um, which attract lots of people to uh, buy into the set. So, for example, we got the beautiful full art trainers such as Nessa, uh, which is a very strong card in itself for the Cramorant deck. Uh, we got Leon, which just looks amazing in itself. And also B, uh, these are the three most popular uh, supporter cards from the um, set, and they're full art as well. Nice. Now, I will also say, inject myself at this
0: point, you're obviously talking about the value of these cards And the fact that they're valuable for gameplay and also for collectors due to the way they look. Um, One thing I have been hearing quite a bit about this game is this is going to be the first set, really, that has been hit with production issues because of the pandemic situation. And as of recording, there is no announced plans to reprint this set. So do you think that that's going to really affect the supply chain of these? Do you think that that's going to really ramp up the cost of these cards. And, you know, people that may have already pre-ordered them, is it going to maybe have such a supply issue that they may not get the ones that they pre-ordered?
2: Yeah, so sadly with the um, ongoing um, coronavirus, um, the printing has been such an issue recently. Um, so this set, we only expect one or two prints of it, and then that's it. So a lot of these cards will go very high in value. For example, the Rainbow Rare Pikachu. Maybe you're only going to get one in a thousand packs or so, and that card is very nice and very mm. expensive. Um, but in general, I think all of the cards from the set will go up in value, um, and they will hold value um, because it's such a short-printed set compared yeah. to others.
0: Do you reckon there's a likelihood that somewhere down the line, being that it's Pokemon, and they have a tendency to... Not announce they're going to do a reprint, but then just out of the blue go, oh, actually, do you know what? That made us a lot of money. We'll do that again. Definitely.
2: Um, I expect it in um, December, January time, maybe. They'll do one more print, but that's it. I don't know what Ian's
1: thoughts. It entirely depends. Um, In recent history for Pokemon, the reprints that have been demanded, there was a set a few years back, Roaring Skies, that um, we had a in stupidly playable EX Pokemon Shaman EX, which ironically has just been banned and expanded. <laughs> but the demand for that card was so high, just before the set rotated, they actually did another print run because people couldn't get hold of the cards. Mm. Um, so if the demand is too high in the secondary market, they do take notice of that to stop you know um, scalpers and things like that. The other issue is people love blingy cards both these Rainbow Rares and Shining version of Pokemon. So inherently in the video games, you get different colored versions of the same Pokemon and they are insanely rare in the video games. A uh, Basic odds for a Shiny Pokemon are 1 in 4,000 of appearing in your game yeah. without anything that affects the odds. And even when you do have everything in your favor, you could still only get the odds of an encounter of a Shiny Pokemon down to 1 in 2.52, I think, as your odds And um, when you've got everything going for you. So the card game tends not to do shiny Pokemon too much, but when they do, they've been either secret rare cards in a set, or recently we had a, the set Hidden Fates, which had its own subset of shiny Pokemon cards in it, and the actual set of Hidden Fates was fairly pants. There was on one playable mm. card in the whole lot, Definitely. and a few reprints. But the, hit, the shiny part of that set went through the roof, and people loved it, including me. I love the shiny Pokemon. They were just direct reprints of older cards, Ironically, when Hidden Fates hit, we got it a year after Japan and half the cards had just rotated out of our format, our our standard format at the time. So Mm -hmm. you couldn't even play with them in a tournament, but they looked amazing. Mm -hmm. So that sold out so much. Like, for example, because it is well specifically these sets that keep doing the shiny Pokemon are not in booster pack, uh, you know, off the shelf booster packs. They're in collector's products, such as tins or the bigger boxes like the tins, which are normally about £20 a tin, they're still at this moment in time, even with several print runs of Hidden Fates now, still fetching 40 to £50 per tin. And you only get four boosters in there. Yeah. So it shows what people are looking for. Um, Again, there was a shiny Charizard in that set. That was the most expensive shiny Pokemon, because why, I don't know. Charizard just means money nowadays. We are going to change our currency to Charizard cards, because it's far more valuable. (laughs) Um, But They've just announced another shiny set in Japan. We've already had one of the Charizard. We just had Champion's Path recently. That literally turned into a full um, gamble mode because, again, the set was fairly pants. I can't. I don't really think there's much playable. There's a few collector's cards in there. But they put shiny Charizard V in a set and a rainbow re- rare of the Charizard VMAX. They saved for that set. Both of those cards were fetching um, about £250 each still at the moment. Yeah. And that's with them dropping. They, you know, so yeah. it suddenly became a gamble of do you chuck twenty quid on a box with four boosters in on the slim chance, like one in a hundred chance or more, that you could pull one of those ridiculously expensive cards. Otherwise, you have pretty much wasted your money. Yeah, it's
2: the gamble you take with Pokemon. It's yep. all—it's always a gamble every time you buy a pack. You could get something ridiculously good, especially with the market right now, or you could get something
1: bad. Yeah, but that's just how it goes. It's the same with all trading card games. The demand at the moment is insane because people aren't convinced, you know, from what we've heard, this is it. As Jordan said, there might be one or two smaller reprints to get product out for Christmas, but as it stands, unless there's a massive demand and push for it next year, if we get tournaments up and running, because um, the Pikachu VMAX not only is collectible, but it is actually playable, that might drive a market back to them yeah. to con- contemplate it. So we can't rule it out, but as it stands, it sounds like this may be the only print run for a lot of the products, like the Elite Trainer boxes, that style of thing.
0: So, I mean, what, what the advice that we could really give anyone that is really interested in getting hold of some of the cards, some of the booster boxes, probably your best bet, is hit up your local games store, of find out if they can indeed get them to start with. Because, again, especially right now, I can't harp on enough that supporting local is so vitally important exactly we're in a very tough time these stores are struggling very very much so you know months and months have being closed we're now in a second lockdown where they're making no money you know they are adapting and selling things online um but then you've got to take into account that they are now going up against the giants that dominate the internet so that is pokemon um vivid voltage which is due out on november 13th i believe
1: As long as we've got our dates right. Indeed.
0: So we're going to move on to the second set that's going to be hitting in November, which is going to be for Magic the Gathering, uh, which I believe is called Commander Legends and will be due out on November 20th. So at the time of recording, there is not a huge deal of leaks or anything like that that we can really talk about. There is one in particular, which has been causing a
1: major stir online, yeah. so I'm pretty sure we can we can cover that a little bit. So, as Jason said, we're in the middle of the leaks at the moment, different um, websites, different YouTubers, all getting multiple cards at a time to spoil. One of my favourite Mut- uh, YouTubers, Merchant, had two cards, uh, were Jessica Thrice Reborn and Jessica's Will, um, so, you know, cards themed around, but... To give you a quick background before we talk about the broken card that we found already, this set is themed around the format Commander. Commander is, a, is my favorite format for Magic. Not that I'm a huge Magic player. I'm going to throw this out there now because we're not going to have nearly as much information as the Pokemon no. side of things. Yeah. Both me and Jordan are fairly fresh on the Magic front. Mm. Jason's just useless. Um, <laughs> so true. But um, Commander yeah. is you have a Commander card. It has to be a legendary creature. Uh, that can be any types your choice they're normally multicolored to give you more choice in your deck building but your deck can only be contain car- cards of the colors of your commander so you have your commander in his little commander zone he get you pay your mana normally like you would if he was in your hand but when he dies um, he goes back to the command zone if you choose to but cost two more generic mana every time you want to keep respawning it so say for example it costs a red a blue and a black the next time you spawn it'll be a red a blue a black and two then a red, a blue, and a black, and four. A red, a blue, and a black, and six. It keeps going on, um, so it's much harder to keep bringing them back, but they can keep coming back. From that, you then have 99 sp- uh, spaces to build um, the rest of your deck. And your only the, the only thing that's different from any other format... Is it's a larger deck, but you're only allowed one copy of any um, card that isn't a basic land. So you end up with all sorts of shenanigans and every game <laughs> feels different because, you know, with a, with 99 cards or one ofs, it's really difficult to get combinations going. It's
0: very unlikely you'll ever draw those same cards as well, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, so um, it's trying to find wide versions of combinations of cards that run on very similar themes or just what you can mash together for a laugh. It's um you can now buy Commander decks off the shelf, which has been good. Definitely. I believe that's how Jordan's got back into it, you know, from fresh mm. recently.
0: They were the ones that Aaron was talking about when he uh came on the yes. on the show.
1: I you know, I've messed around with Commander with quite a few of my friends as I can't afford to play multiple game multiple card games on a competitive level um, as much as I would love to, as well as my board game habit. So this set has 361 cards, as far as I'm aware. I'm probably wrong on this, but that's what I've seen. It includes bringing back um, something called the partner mechanic as well, where you can have a commander with the word partner on the card. You can also then have like a planeswalker or something that partners with them as well. So you get pairs of things to bring out combinations of stuff, which is quite nice. And yeah, there's some reprints in the set. There's some altered versions of cards, which is where this broken card comes into. But um, again, as I'm not a huge knowledge on magic i don't know what's been spoiled that's absolutely amazing um, mm. with the exception of one i've spotted some reprints as well already from my recent history but yeah this sets on its way and jordan would you like to tell us about the one busted card we've seen so far
2: yeah so the one card which was sweeped online and everyone is literally going crazy for is called the jeweled lotus it's pretty much a copy of black lotus which uh, in the old format was um, pay zero, and then you get free mana of any color, and there's no restrictions at all. So it's literally free mana for free. Essentially, one of the best cards in the game. Yeah, exactly. And this card does a very similar effect. Um, it, you can just sacrifice it uh, for zero cost, and then you can add free of any mana. Um, But you can only spend it on your commander. But this brings so much potential because you can just get your commander out uh, very fast and get the game progressing uh, super fast if if you get to draw this card. Sort Uh, of like
0: a game accelerant, isn't it, really? You can really um, excel your plans and your schemes, if you like, to, to win
1: yeah exactly I think the 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 reason this card is feeling a little bit unbalanced is the fact there's no way to search it out so it's mm. if you're lucky that it's in the top seven cards of your ninety nine card deck <laughs> and your opponent then doesn't get that in you're at a huge advantage yes mm, definitely definitely. It's very hard to get
2: out of a ninety nine card deck but if you do it's gonna give such an advantage to you
1: um it could even tide swing the tide of the game completely or even late game mm You know if you start falling behind and you draw this suddenly you can come back into a game you know as we said the penalties even just paying for your third commander of the game that pays for almost all of the tax that you've paid for having him come back. Another thing to note with commander a way of winning the game you start with 40 health in commander but if you take 20 damage from your opponent's commander you just outright lose. Mm. So, getting your commander out quickly can is, start swinging. Can be vital. Yeah. Yeah. So the,
0: the, that card, it really, gameplay wise, really is a game changer.
1: Yep. And at mythic level, it's going to be insanely expensive. I'm already looking at a price guide on this before the sets even dropped at $130.
0: <laughs> so, well, what is it that's caused all the controversy? around it obviously we've said it is very similar to the black lotus card is that what's causing the controversy
1: again i've not had my chance to do all the research on this um but my guess just from the style of the card is what we've just spoken about the fact that it's so hard to find because there's no magic doesn't contain many search your deck for one card effects um Mm -hmm. pokemon tends to do this quite a lot um, but that's not an inherent job of magic and drawing cards isn't a big thing about magic either. Mm. It's quite expensive to be able to draw into cards other than your mm. one per turn. So th- having a card that can swing a game so quickly by just suddenly giving you a free a free lot of three mana, you know at any one turn in the game even if it's only a one use effect, mana ramping as it's called, which is speeding through your mana is a huge thing in magic and it's been plaguing standard for a while a lot of the recent bans have been to counter that mm-hmm. um, but s- swinging that in one player's favor is a huge thing but normally in a game of magic you play four copies of any card so to increase your chance of finding it so both players have a reasonable chance in a 60 card deck yeah this is 99 card singleton you know 100 if you include the commander but, you know suddenly you're hoping mm. that your luck is on your side that you find that card mm. and it's i think that's one of the bigger problems is such a big swing it can destroy games that could be quite close and quite fun. Yeah,
2: it can definitely swing the game into your favor mm. just just from this one card, uh, which is pretty insane and hence why I think a lot of people are very uh, cautious of this card and very... Mm. Uh, they're creating an uproar about it
0: i'd imagine from a collecting standpoint as well it's probably uh, caused a controversy on that side of things as well purely on the lines of any collector that ha- may have had the the previous power card uh, in the black lotus is now looking at it and going well hang on a minute this is essentially going to devalue
1: uh, my card Well, another ironic thing since we've been harping on about charizards because of the black lotus with magic the Lotus theme is used in a lot of things to do with Magic, and it's all to do with Mana Ramping. You had the Lotus Cobra in um, Ikoria, I think it is, um, that every time you played a land gave you an extra Mana for the turn. So the theme is there for Mana Ramping with Lotus cards, and I have to say the artwork on it is stunning as well. It so. Definitely- yeah. Again, so it's continuing that collecting side of the theme as well.
0: Okay, so I think we're going to leave Magic there because, like I said, at this point, those are the main spoilers that we have seen. And, of course, we've covered the inevitable controversy that has come from said spoilers. And we're going to move on to a game that we know a little bit more about. More importantly, Ian and Jordan both know a bit more about this. Um, They have been chomping at the bit to to start talking about this, which is why I've deliberately left it left it till last. It's also the last set to be released out of these three games as well. So we could say that we planned it that way, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> now, this game, as far as I'm aware, and to my understanding, is not officially released in November. What we are actually experiencing in November is
1: a pre-sale. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so this game has been out in Japan for a while. It's had three sets released in japan as of today's recording and has had three theme decks released with a few promos as well i think we're up to something like 15 20 promo cards it's now it finally a few months back got an official um english announcement release trailer and bandai also run the dragon ball z card game so it's again supporting the stores at the moment and trying to get this game up and running as quickly as they can and get the hype out there for it they're doing what's called a pre-sale the original idea of this was tournaments but again with lockdown looming and stuff it is sounding like mostly just an early release for select stores but they're releasing the theme decks And the way that they're releasing the main three Japanese sets is they've split them into two sets for English official release dates for these are january and february they are set one and set 1.5 just to make things confusing those two sets make up the three original japanese sets so we are getting set one and the three theme decks as of friday the 27th i think is the start of the pre-sale weekend and that's at least when i'll be getting my stuff yeah um, either then or the saturday and the first booster set has officially been released on the digimon website so each of the theme decks comes with Um, 16 different cards available but obviously enough to play a deck. You get 4 Digitamas which are the baby level 2 Digimon. Normal decks can run 5 but you obviously you're expected to start getting the boosters for those and then you get a 50 card theme deck with either two to four copies of every card in the deck um, there is a red one based off of Ty and his war greymon there is a blue one um, based off of matt and his metal Garurumon. and there is a yellow one based off of tk and his anjumon line and then the um, release booster version 1.0 is a mix of stuff from the first three sets so they've kept their set names from the japanese ones because the japanese sets will they they even mention on the website at the bottom of each page it's got an asterisk saying japanese virgin card list take priority so they already have plans for once if this game survives long enough which in by all things we're seeing should do with they try to choose to rotate sets it will be done by the booster sets so each of the starter sets has a set symbol and like each of the boosters has BT for Booster Pack, um, then 1, 2, or 3 for the first three sets in Japan. Mm. Um, our set just contains a jumble of these, but each card is still labelled. And the other reason they do this is unlike Pokemon, you're, well, like Pokemon, you're only allowed four copies of any card in your deck. But unlike Pokemon, you're allowed multiples of the same name as long as the set number is different. Right. Yeah. So, for example, there has been 50 million Agumon cards released so far um, <laughs> under all the colours but I could play four copies of my Agumon BT08010 uh, so I can also include four copies of the green Agumon BT2 set number 43
0: which enables you to have eight of them
1: yeah and there are more Agumons beyond that with the okay. promo ones and that sort of stuff so it's just made an easy sort of stance of easy way to do deck lists easy way to rotate cards easy way to ban cards yeah. you know you so you, um and you don't have to name each card as a different thing mm whereas Pokemon have tried all sorts of things like putting the levels of the Pokemon on them um, or had issues when they've added secret rare versions of Pokemon into following sets as a reprint. We've had cards that they couldn't ban because when the set's rotated, the other card that was Secret Rare in the following set still kept the legality of the originals. So Pokemon are trying to fix this with little A's, B's, C's, and D's on the card. Digimon have just gone, right, we're doing this from the get-go. Yeah. Um, Which has been good to see. Mm,
2: I think there's something which, which could potentially change in the future but i feel like that if you're having multiple copies of cards uh you're able to create more slimline decks more consistent decks um because drawing isn't a lot in digimon from what i've played with but having that consistency will really help Mm. uh, the decks and consistency yeah
0: I, i like the fact as well that say for example you have a particular a favorite digimon it's a lot easier to actually theme a deck around that single digimon rather than something like pokemon where it's sort of like you are press gagged into putting other pokemon into your deck as well
1: yep two other things that have been really good with the digimon card game inherently just how digimon itself as a franchise works. the first thing to do with this game is the set the colors are actually themed so Each Digimon has its own attributes. They're tending to try and follow that. Like, red tends to be dragon Digimon or fire Digimon. Um, Like, purple has been the nightmare soldiers. But Digimon fall into multiple categories. For example, the Agumon line. The basic Agumon, Greymon, Metal Greymon, War Greymon line has been done in red, but it's also been done in the black machine Digimon line because as it gets bigger, it gets lots more um, metal all over him and machine-like. Yeah. The Gabumon line was... um, put into blue like an animal or you know sort of beasts type line which a lot of them have been but again he, the Garurumon side of it also falls on the Nightmare Soldiers so the, the, they've featured in purple later on which has been quite interesting um, we also have an Agumon in the yellow line coming in set 1.5 because Shine Greymon is a holy Digimon mm. And you also have an Agumon in the green evolution line because the Tyrannomon line has be, has fallen into the sort of nature sort of side of it all. So that's a really clever, clever way of, as you said, of being able to have different strategies but still use your favorites. The other one up Digimon has on the evolution mechanic over Pokemon is Digimon don't have to follow the same evolution line. In this game, it is just... On each card, there is a color symbol for the evolution um, amount, how much memory it takes, and the color behind it. It must come from the level number below it of that color, and you pay that much memory to do it. So, for example, the red-gray one I'm looking at has a basic cost of five to play it outright, but it has a red level three symbol on it with two memory on it. So it must come from a red level three Digimon and you must pay two memory instead and it, you can evolve it. So that's quite a nice mechanic of... Uh, and they have included like in the video games and TV series, you've got what's called DNA Digivolving where two Digimon combined. They've put that into this game but they give you an option. So for example, in the basic set one, there is a level seven card um, called Omnimon, which in the TV series was the combination of Wargreymon and MetalGarurumon. In this game, it just comes from either a red level six or a blue level six. So it's still limited to the two colors um, of which it originally comes from, but like any Digimon of those particular colors can evolve into it. Yeah,
2: definitely having that, um, just where you can just evolve into different colored po- um different colored Digimon um, and they don't have to be like the same name or uh, has to come from that one it gives such potential uh, for so many decks uh, compared to Pokemon for example it's very specific on what you can evolve into what whereas Digimon is so open and you can just create so many different ideas so be very creative with the decks as well which is one of the best things about it
1: I'm also interested to see how drafting will work with Digimon Mm. as well they're going to be 12 card boosters um, unlike the Japanese which ones which were six, mm-hmm. which is quite a common thing for most card games. Pokemon does the same thing. Definitely. But Pokemon inherently has become harder and harder to draft because um, especially one of my favorites is what's called a pass round draft where you open a pack take one card pass it on Yeah, you can't really do that in Pokemon anymore because the sets have now That's reached huge. like 250 cards big if you have a Charizard in your first pack the odds of you getting a Charmeleon let alone a Charmander you know to actually play those cards are slim to none so unless you mm. modify for silly rules like things like Mutant which ironically follows Digimon's mechanic yeah. of anything into anything of the same colour you know it, it just it doesn't play for it it's why the build and battle kits of Pokemon have to have a themed booster and unfortunately one of the negatives to that in a pre-release is if you're in an actual um, real life event which unfortunately we haven't seen for a while everyone's playing pretty much the same four types of pokemon because your kit contains two types in it mm-hmm. and then you'll just modify it with whatever decent stuff you get out of the boosters
2: we're both very excited for the release of it um we we really think it will take off, um, and we hope so, um, for the official release, which will be in January. And Digimon has a lot going for it, and hopefully it does survive because it seems like such a good game to get into and uh, to play.
0: Yep. Indeed. Uh, it's even a TCG that I'm interested in. So uh, that that says how good the game is, I think.
1: Yeah, I've been quite lucky. As we said in the last episode... One, it's been selling out everywhere in Japan, which always is a good sign. Mm. And two, Jordan was lucky enough to get me one of each of the Japanese starter sets, which I have sleeved up and put the English proxy translations in front of. And I've had Jason, I've had Jordan and a few other players at the CGC gaming event that we have managed to run at the comic shop test it out. And everyone that's tested it has really enjoyed how refreshingly different it is. I love the mechanics of having to decide, do I want to attack with something that might die or do I want to evolve it up? but then suddenly i've used my memory up and it's passed into my opponent's turn and i've got a way to turn yeah you know and there's lots of different strategies coming up already there's mechanics for trashing your cards and bringing them back there's mechanics for milling your opponent there's mechanics for attacking everything in one turn well there's even a thing called rookie rush where you just get loaded the really really piddly little digimon out and just try and attack as many go wide so wide they can't stop it yeah
0: okay so you touched on it a little bit earlier obviously we know that this is a pre-sale and it is only going to be set number one of two
1: yes it's set one not set 1.5 yep
0: this one is going to have a different type of distribution from what i'm saying you're not going to be able to get this one from everywhere
1: this month but that will change come january is that right the the booster one is officially released in january will be in all sorts of gaming hobby stores you might even be lucky and see it like where you can find Pokemon cards stuff like that depends how big this game goes. I make no promises on that. It's just a guess and prediction of mine. But the pre-sale is for any partner stores with Bandai um, that have been supporting things like the Dragon Ball Z game. Yeah, they have been offered stock to get it. We are hearing rumours that there might be stock available for other suppliers, but we'll cover. You know, but we can't until the actual release date's hit. It's we'll see who can get hold of it. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm not impressed about with this style of release is um, Bandai have already offered an online tournament you know, via webcams with promo stuff available. But you've got to fork out to get the pre-sale things. Yeah. Mm. I'm lucky. I know where I can get a pre-sale down near me. And I have stuff reserved for me already so I, I can go and get at least yeah. some start into this game early on, but the secondary market I think is going to be expensive until after Christmas when it hits worldwide. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I kind of agree with this early strategy, especially as there's no tournaments or anything like in- yeah. in-person tournaments. I mean, for all pretense purposes, if you're not worried about the first prizes, the on webcam tournament, you just need to buy a theme deck and enter with that. Yeah. Just, and yeah. they're actually good. The theme decks aren't bad. Yeah. We all the games that I have played of this so far have just been the three theme decks off against each other, and the lot of them go down to the wire
0: i think as well this is a very rare occasion where a game is so brand new that no players unless they've been like yourself and have been playing it online not many of the players are going to know how to play this and not going to know how to air quote break the game this early on so actually it's one of the few times that you could probably buy a theme deck and stand a half decent chance of actually doing quite yeah. well as part of that online tournament,
1: the other interesting thing is is like obviously looking at japanese lists we 've only got we we don 't have like all of set b t one and half a set b t two and then skip to the next it 's a mixture of cards from yeah. each each one, so we actually have a unique format from Japan at the moment until february when we will i'm, I'm going to use the words catch up by then they'll have more sets yes. but um, we will not like most games that come from one place and then spread to another we'll never officially catch up in my opinion but we'll keep close especially if they're going to do like the pokemon thing and bundle lots of smaller sets into a bigger set mm. but yeah we have our own unique thing obviously like with any game you can net that um the internet As this is one of the biggest drawbacks for card gaming was the internet I can remember the golden days of Pokemon where people actually had to look at the cards and not know. Create what, something of yeah, their own. And not know what was coming up either. You got a pre release, you sat down and you opened your boosters and went, what does this do? What does this do? You know, really enjoyed it. Now you know the sets. Like even this Digimon set, we've been given the card list a month in advance of even the pre sale. Yeah. So we know exactly what's in this, and because we know what's in this and we know what's in the Japanese sets, we know what 1.5 should be. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: So for those of you local to where we are here in Crawley, we can announce that the comic shop is planning on getting this, but that will not likely be till the January release. So if you are local to us, there's only really one place that Ian has found that you'll be able to get this.
1: There's a lovely card shop tucked away in the lanes called Daydream Nation in um, Brighton. And I know they are a partner store of Bandai for, and they do a lot for the Dragon Ball Z game. So um, they they have told me they are getting the pre-sale in and they should have some, some early stuff. I'd be surprised if they don't do some singles as well. Just if anyone does want to try, again, as I said, I only have Japanese starter sets with translations... Um, the initial three, because there are three more on the way in Japan. There's a green, a black, and a purple one coming. But again, those aren't anything to do with our early stuff for, the, um, for Digimon. But if you want to try and learn to play, I have these with us with all of our board gaming stuff on our comic book night. Um, obviously, we we don't have these at the time of recording because of the amazing Boris Johnson lockdown. Thanks, guys. Um, but once we're back up and running, if you want to try these, I, will e- I should even, by the time we have our events back, have English versions of the cards. But if not, I have my sleeved up Um, japanese proxied ones as well
0: okay so that is the digimon tcg which is due at the end of november we believe it is the last friday of november but other than the digimon which we have already told you is going to be a little bit harder to come by yeah what where's the best place for
1: people to go for magic the gathering and the pokemon set straight away my first port of call for pokemon is this lovely man sitting in front of me here Jordan has a habit of selling a lots of singles of these sets as well.
2: Yeah, uh, we've got
1: a lot of um, Vivid Voltage
2: coming, and uh, we mainly sell single cards. So we open up the packs and then we sell the singles to you. Then you get the cards you want instead of buying packs. You can find these; uh they'll be up on my website, uh, Maximum Gaming uh, TCG.co.uk uh, or .com, um, and uh, eBay, which is my main place of sale. Um, uh, I'll be stocking Magic soon as well. I may be having Commander Legends. Uh, I think it's all sold out there at the moment, but we'll, I'll definitely be having Pokemon available to anyone and Digimon in the near future.
0: And of course, if you are a local to us, as we've said, we would advise as many of you as possible try and send your money the comic shop's way. They have definitely, I've already confirmed this, they have got a metric ton of the. Magic the Gathering Commander Legends sets coming in and they haven't pre-sold all of them. So if you are hearing this, give them a bell, hit up the website. They've got their online store up and running now so you can do click and
1: collect or they can deliver as well. Yeah, we do have a lovely magic community in Crawley. It's quite, it's quite a big, um, it's probably the biggest card game we have in Crawley. The, mm. the um, Pokemon group we have has been quite small, and obviously we haven't seen each other since February, so... Yeah.
2: The, the, the magic community um, is, when it's running, It's
1: uh, everyone's really friendly, they're always happy to help, and it's a great place to learn. And also Commander is probably one of the most popular games out of the comic book shop as well. So this set should be a good one for them. Indeed. So, yeah, obviously, if you aren't
0: able to get them local, that's the only time that we would then advise you to hit up anywhere else online with the big online retailers. But right now, I want to extend my thanks to Jordan for coming back onto the podcast the second week in a row. We are not going to lock you in the dungeon this time. You (laughs) are going to be allowed to leave.
2: Thank you for the opportunity for letting me come on to you.
0: It's been great to have you the past two weeks. It's really good to to chat about the TCGs. It's no secret to anyone that it's not my area of expertise.
1: And that it's a huge passion of mine. And it is a
0: huge passion of Ian. And to be honest, it's been great to see you two just chatting.
1: Chatting about <laughs> trading card games. We are always obsessed with trading card games. Yes, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> and you can, see, you, can, you can hear the passion, especially when it comes to Pokemon and mm. me with Digimon at the moment.
0: Indeed. Um, it's time for us to... Uh... Close
1: off this section and hand over to our man in the news shed for another weekly dose of hot steaming news. So he got a little bit upset last week with him, with us referring to him as a Snorlack. He said he'd much rather seize himself as a Jigglypuff.
3: <laughs>
1: so we gave him a marker pen, which was a stupid idea, and he tried to sing us a song, and our ears, st- ears started to bleed. So we decided we'd just leave the singing to Brian and Darcy this week. Over to you,
3: Paul... Um, can I ask what you're doing? You thought you'd start without me, did you? You do realise I'm pretty much the only one who vaguely understand you. Yeah, I don't think Google Translate has got round to duck yet. Talking of duck, did you hear what they called us last week? Apparently, I'm a Snorlax and you're a Psyduck. I know, I'm more of a Jigglypuff. Round, cute... Angelic voice that sends people to sleep Then gets cross and runs around with a sharpie pen Drawing on people's faces Yeah, got Jason good last time Still haven't sent him the picture I've took You don't like Psyduck? You prefer Ludicolo? Who the hell is Ludicolo? I'm with Jason on this one There are only 151 Pokemon Despite what Ian the Gloom says Yeah, Gloom because every time you mention Pokemon, Digimon, dinosaurs, trains, or Spider-Man, he starts dribbling. And you think Jason is Jinx. You mean that purple one who looks like he's in drag. Oh, I remember. That night he came home from the pub a little bit worse for wear. Still don't know where he got that dress and wig from. Wish I had a photo of that, though. Anywho, I better get on with this news before they come rat tatting on the shed door. Did you see what I did there? What do you mean all these puns are getting oddish? I thought they were all Goldeen. Sorry, I'll stop that now. On with the news. The publisher and distributor Behemoth that is Asmodee, ever overseeing owner of numerous publishers in their own right, has announced a reshuffle when it comes to its Fantasy Flight and Atomic Mass game studios in relation to Fantasy Flight's Star Wars miniatures games. Asmodee announced the oversight of Fantasy Flight's three Star Wars miniatures titles, namely Star Wars X-Wing, Legion and Armada, will be moving to their dedicated miniatures game studios atomic mass games as well as this move development of all future miniatures games will be handled by atomic mass atomic mass games is responsible for the recently released marvel crisis protocol miniatures games and from what i can glean from chats with the community looks to be a fair and considered move on asthma part moving forward members of the fantasy flight team including simone elliott and will schick also make the move over to Atomic Mass, offering what was a strong licensing relationship between themselves and Lucasfilm. This leaves Fantasy Flight concentrating its efforts into games that are more card-focused. We hope the transition goes well. Sally Phillips and James Acaster are among the comedians playing more Dungeons & Dragons for Comic Relief. Comic Relief is bringing another set of popular UK comedians to the gaming table in order to fundraise for those affected by COVID-19. Comic Relief Plays Dungeons and Dragons episode 2 will air December the 4th and feature comics and former Taskmaster contestants James A Caster Lou Sanders Phil Wang and Sally Phillips playing a session of the popular fantasy role-playing game like the rest of us they will be playing digitally from their respective homes Paul Foxcroft will return as the Dungeon Master from this spring's previous charity playthrough, where he led comedians Sue Perkins, Nish Kumar, Sarah Pascoe and Ed Gamble through an adventure. An improv comic and host of the live-streamed comedy Questing Time, Foxcroft will have his hands full with a mix of newcomers and self-professed huge gamers, according to a press release. I know, who knew? Like last time, viewers can donate during the stream to vote on various decisions the players or the DM must make in the course of the game. Donation-based voting is open now to elect a cursed target, monster and magic item the comedians turned adventurers will eventually face in the course of play. The charity said the first episode managed to raise over £25,000 that was donated to several organisations in the UK and abroad to help combat the health and economic effects the coronavirus continues to wreak. The first session of Comic Relief Does Dungeons & Dragons is available on the YouTubes now and with a second live streaming on Tiltify on December the 4th, starting at 7pm GMT. So who fancies getting involved in the development of some games coming to our favourite Money Pit Kickstarter in 2021? First up, the Stop, Drop and Roll guys and gals aren't slowing down after their successful campaign with Pugs in Mugs this year, and are eagerly looking for playtesters for their upcoming game Earth Rising. I know you thoroughly enjoyed Pugs in Mugs, as I did. I'll see if we can get involved in this one. The goal of their new game is to bring the world into balance and to provide for its people without costing the earth. Playing as one of six specialists, each covering an important sector of our society, it is down to you to work together as a team to transform humanity and prevent climate catastrophe over the course of the next 20 years. It won't be easy, though. Whilst you are working hard to remove unsustainable practices, the status quo is working against you, threatening imminent ecological collapse. Can you and your team change the world in 20 turns? Head on over to their Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages for more information on getting involved. And even more of our friends in our local community are looking for playtesters. Descent campaigns and games are looking for gamers to try out their upcoming second title, Library Labyrinth. Library Labyrinth is a cooperative board game set in a library. Something very strange is going on. There's been some sort of mishap and dark and mysterious things have started coming out of the books. The only way out is to ask the books for help. Players call on historical and fictional women for help. Each character has a set of special skills which help defeat the terrible things lurking in the library. With everyone working together to build the right team, your only aim is to find the way through the maze of bookshelves and escape the library. With dark terrors hiding round every corner, the monsters become increasingly harder to defeat. But remember, at the end, all the monsters you fail to defeat come together to block your only exit. So what in the literary world frightens you most? Oh, the snuffkins from the Moomins. Yeah, right with you there. Or is it the Island of Dreams from The Voyage of the Dawn Treader? The Tornado from The Wizard of Oz? Or even the aliens from War of the Worlds? What would you put in your library or labyrinth to protect your secrets? The project is looking to go live on Kickstarter in March 2021, and they are looking for playtesters now. So head on over to the Descent Games social pages, search for Library Labyrinth on Facebook, or visit their website, descentgames.com. And we're off over to Kickstarter now, and a couple of them have popped into my in-tray this week. The first game is Momiji, excuse the pronunciation, available on the 1st of December for 1 to 4 players and taking about 30 minutes. Japan is known for one of the most beautiful fall seasons in the world. Hills covered by colourful trees have inspired artists, from historical woodblock print creators to modern Western painters. Momiji, a game by Dario Masarenti and Francesco Testini is set during this unique season of the year in the country of Japan. In Momiji, players try to get the most victory points and attempt to fulfill their objectives by collecting the most valuable autumn leaves of the Imperial Garden. Each player starts the game with six randomly drawn leaves and three landscape cards. Every turn, you need to decide which action of the three available you want to take. Do you take a leaf? Do you play a leaf or do you activate an objective token? The game ends when the leaf card's deck is depleted or a certain number of leaf piles are closed with a Tori symbol. Players then score for the leaf card piles, the objective tokens fulfilled and the acorn tokens remaining. The player with the most victory points at the end of the game is declared the winner. And also out on the 1st of December is a game called Twinkle for two to four players and takes 30 minutes to play in twinkle the boundless universe comes to your table as you build your own constellation having the role of stellar creator your task is to decorate the night sky using colorful dice as stars and win the competition among other creators who share the same goal choose your star dice carefully foresee your opponent's moves and take risks at the right moment in order to claim victory a complete game is divided into seven rounds and during the seven rounds of the game players gradually form their own constellation by adding one die per round each player's dice combined to score victory points according to the scorer's cards the player with the most victory points at the end of the game is the winner and on to events now and as we're still in lockdown 2.0 Crawley Gaming Community meets on a Monday evening on their Discord server, as always. Yeah, we had a ball of laughs last week, didn't we, playing Among Us? You were even running around in your own suit on my head. Yeah, you're right, our first ever four games, and we were the imposters on every damn one of them. According to our understanding of the restrictions, they won't actually be lifted in time for the evening of the 2nd, so unless you hear different, the comic shop will be back up and running on the 9th. Worthing Board Gamers and Trinity Gaming Cafe and Lewis Board Games Club should be up and running for the 3rd. Ransack Board Game Lounge and Escape Rooms have their doors open late on Thursdays for Worthing Board Gamers from 7 till 10pm, so you can head down to 24 to 26 Portland Road, Worthing, BN111QN. Or alternatively, I'm sure Dave will be more than happy to welcome you over in Lewis between 7.30 and 11.30 at the Trinity Church Arbinger Place, Lewis, BN72QA. Oh, that's right, yep. Uh, sorry board gaming group are due to have a game day on the 6th in reigate please be aware that the location has changed from Subud hall to the gamers guild shop in the town it's still on from 10 30 until 5 30 and five pounds per head but as always keep an eye on social media as things in this current climate can change very quickly it is 2020 as for our mid-Sussex meeples date, we were hoping to hold on the 13th. Again, watch this space. I've had feedback that the hall may already be booked, but they are still unsure if the hirers are willing to return to the hall then. You got anything to add? Or well, my sentiments exactly... Stay safe, everyone, and we'll both be back next week as long as those two slow pokes don't cut our power. Oi, Brian, chuck another Monopoly board on the fire, will you? No, that one. Yeah, the Pokemon one.
0: Thanks very much for that, Paul. Great to hear the news again. And, uh, yeah, we hope to see you again in person very soon because, you know, lockdown forbids us from walking out into our garden and into the shed. It's not enough room in there. I can't stay a metre away from you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our discussion about TCG November and all of the games that are coming out. Obviously, by the time you guys hear this, there will be a lot more spoilers would have been broken. Some of these will even be out and available online.
1: Yeah, and we'll know all the things like the pull rates for Digimon, the full Magic set and their pull rates. You know, all this information will be found if you want to go searching it online. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that to handle at the time of recording. Very, very true.
0: But we are going to sign off there, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. If you have enjoyed this show, please do leave a review on whatever podcast platform you have heard this on. Or you can message us on any one of our social media sites to tell us what you think. You can call me an idiot if you like. I please don't do. mind please do <laughs> hit us up on facebook instagram twitter or in the youtube comment section all you got to do is search for the podcast recorded gaming community
1: we're also on still on our discord server it's still going strong it's the one thing keeping us sane during these lockdown periods the monday night um shenanigans are still a highlight of my week and it's um one of the ways we are keeping these groups and communities together indeedy indeedy
0: We are going to head off for this week, guys. We've got a little bit of preparing to do. As we said, this was a batch recorded episode. This is the last one we're going to be doing. So tomorrow night, we are going to be at our last event at the comic shop. Obviously, by the time you hear this, we've already had that. So we're going to go and play some games, hopefully enjoy what we're going to do and try and forget about the fact that the following day, the entire country is closed.
1: It'll work out in the end and we just got to remember that the better days are still to come indeed indeed
0: on that note guys we're going to end it on the positive note by saying thank you very much for joining us you guys have been amazing for listening to us again thank you to Jordan for joining us earlier on today and we will see you all next week for another Tabletop Gaming Podcast we don't actually have a subject decided for next week yet
1: but we have plenty lined up so we will take our pick and hope you guys will enjoy thank you very much for joining us we'll see you then bye 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 bye